Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey homos. homos. Welcome back to Happy Healthy Homo. Yeah, I'm still Keegan. And I'm still John. And we're still boyfriends. We are. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, we spoke about this last week. We've been on holiday, haven't we? We didn't. We, yeah. we went on holiday a couple of weeks ago. We, we mentioned it last week on Nick's yeah. episode. Um, but we thought we'd give you a little bit of an insight. Yeah, because we, yeah, we did have a great time. We, I mean, you might see we've gained a little bit of weight. I think I gained seven kilos, which is fourteen pounds uh, from two weeks. Oh, oh, there's, <laughs> Lots of joviality had. Yeah, we um we went to New York for a couple of days, then flew down to Miami, didn't we? Yeah, it sounds very luxurious. This it does. Uh, it was for a friend's fortieth birthday. Yeah, and then we went on a cruise, uh, Virgin Voyages. Like we're not we're not sponsored or anything. We paid for it. Yeah. Um, it was did it, that that went to the Dominican Republic and the Bahamas, then back to Miami, then back to New York. So it was a whirlwind trip. So there's loads of it sounds. Oh, that's super glamorous. New York, Miami, Baham, but it was just yeah. I, I, it was great. It, it was, was stress. Good. You know, sometimes you just want to sit and do nothing. Yeah, and it living wasn't, out in the suitcase for two weeks. Yeah, going from hotel to hotel. It felt like we were on tour. It did feel like we were on tour, <laughs> but not doing any work. Not doing any work. So, no, but it was very, very fun. It was lots of fun. Yeah. Lots of uh, good photos and videos we had. And, like, uh, of all the holidays mm. where any two people might stress and fall out, yeah. we, we didn't. Yeah. Although I nearly did when I couldn't find my Esther to get into. <sighs> yeah. Which, if any of you don't know, is that, like, the visa that you need to get into the US. And uh, Keegan couldn't find couldn't his. Couldn't find mine. Um, so it was very stressful and I could feel eyes boring into me. Because also they said, oh, have you got a physical copy of your Esther to me? And I went, yep, isn't. And I remembered Keegan ch chucked away. said to me the night before, he got out the boarding passes from my little travel wallet and went, why have you kept these? I'm throwing these in the bin. Threw them in the bin and threw away my Esther. So I was fuming. Yeah, so Joel has this little travel wallet that he puts in his bag and always makes us get pulled to one side in security. Because <laughs> uh, it's got a magnetic bar in it yeah. and they always think it's a weapon. And it was full of old boarding passes and I hate, I'm, I hate. Say clutter. old boarding passes, it was from the flight we just took. We didn't need them anymore though, did we? 
Do you know what I mean? We didn't need him We anymore. didn't, but then you chucked away my Esther and then she said, where's your Esther? And I was like, it's in here. Wait, he's thrown it away and he doesn't have his own. So then, yeah, it was double. Um, yeah. But that was the only hair, hair yeah. and scare. And we still survived. And we still, we still, we still, we still love, love each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the camera. <laughs> uh, but anyway, before we crack on with this episode, we just want to say, well, first we want to say thank you for watching and listening. Yeah. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then please rate us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. That's and how it goes up the chart and that's how more people yeah. see it. And hopefully yeah. it helps more people. Definitely. And if you're on YouTube, there's a few little things that, which you can do on YouTube. If you want bonus content from us, we go live every, well, every month for our members. Yeah. Um, and that is... $7 a month, £7 a month. 7 $8 a month. Yeah. Um, and we go live twice a month uh, for people over there. And we have Helpful Homos, if you haven't watched. We do have Helpful Homos. So Helpful Homos is our YouTube series. We don't do it as a podcast. It's just a YouTube series where essentially people write in with questions, quandaries, things that they want to ask us about. And we will do our best, our unqualified best, yeah. to answer them. And that is how this episode came about. So this was an email that we received. Um... Uh, and they wanted it to be a helpful homo topic, but we thought it was quite a big topic that a lot of people have thought about. Yeah. Or I would that. say that probably every gay person has thought about this at some stage. Even in if it their was lives. just for a tiny little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the the topic was: if you could take a pill to be straight, would you take it? Interesting. So the Matrix type of red blue tells it <laughs> gay? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone has probably thought about this at some stage. For me, that would have been earlier days when I was in the closet as a mm. you know teenager, being like, I don't want to be gay, and being like, I definitely would have taken that pill. Yeah. Now, probably not. But then the thought in your head goes, Well, my life would probably be easier. Would it? But then, yeah, then you ask yourself, but would it be easier? And would it be as fun? Would it, would it be as fun? Um, yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially, I, I like I certainly did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it's very well documented. I tried very hard yeah. not to be gay. Keegan even got married. I got married. To a woman. I had kids. I tried, you know, people talk about praying the gay away, don't they? I, yeah. Well, I had that in my Christian upbringing. Yeah. So I've had, I've had people pray for me to say, you know, rebuke the demon inside me. Rebuke? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they call it. Is it? Yeah. If you rebuke someone, isn't that like telling someone off? Yeah, so they rebuke Naughty gay the demon. demonic activity. <laughs> Not my parents, I, I want to hasten to add, but uh, yeah, in church. That's, so yeah, we've both struggled with... Yeah, there's the, yeah, diff people... I, and you look at it, there's so, you know, people who were... For me... I know how I look, I know how I sound. I was, it was very much expected that I was straight. Um, and that was something that I had to fight hard against. Mm. You growing up uh, religious, mm -hmm. for you Christian, but for so many people in different religions, mm -hmm. for people who maybe are a bit more effeminate, who, are, who can't hide their gayness, yeah. in, for want of a better phrase. Um, so I, I think for different reasons, people wonder at, potentially want the same thing. And I know people go, I've spoken to people who go through their whole life and go, I'd do anything not to be gay. Yeah. Even as they get into their 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. Like, and I suppose it begs the question, how much of that is internal homophobia? Like, mm. or, or is it purely an external? It can't be a purely external thing, but 
Yeah, I mean, what it's it's really it's a really difficult thing to answer. Yeah. Like, well, I think the first thing I would say as well to anyone thinking about it is that I don't think I think people bandy about the phrase internalized homophobia a lot as if it's a really bad thing and it is a bad thing none of us in an ideal world would have that there but it's there for a reason because we've grown up in a society that does like says that gay is other like straight is normal yeah but gay so i just want to say that gay is negative yeah, gay is, exactly and we we take that and then yeah. we know that that's us so we therefore think that about ourselves yeah. but because of that we all have some element of internalized homophobia yeah. whether we know that we do or not so you shouldn't feel bad if you do feel like that and i would never judge any gay person for saying yeah i'd, I'd take that straight pill yeah. if it existed because i'd go yeah, I can understand why why you would. Yeah, well, there's, there's and it, and it crops up in day to day life. You can, and sometimes it's internalized homophobia. Sometimes it's an element of fear. Mm -hmm. And you can some people don't walk around, don't walk down the street holding their partner's hand, yeah. do they? Because because they don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, it uh, for a lot of people, being gay is a clandestine thing mm -hmm. that we keep to ourselves. I, I know that was something I really struggled with when mm -hmm. I came out. Because I didn't, I'd, I'd tried so hard for it not to be a thing, um, and then for it not to be true, that I found it really hard to be open and on about, honest about it. And if mm. we're talking about internalized homophobia, here's a story for you. I remember I, I was playing for Wakefield. We were playing away at Catalans. I think I've sp spoke about this before, but I so I was very much out. I was very much in the public sphere. Um, people saying that I was a role model and things like that. And I remember reading a book and it had a cover of two men kissing on it. It was a book, book called Good As You by Paul Flynn. I think I have told this story before. And I suddenly became really conscious of that and I closed it and I put it under my arm so that nobody could, even though all the lads were absolutely fine with me, we were in a, an airport and I didn't, you know, I had all the rugby lads around me and I just suddenly felt really self-conscious. And then as I did that, I then felt really guilty for feeling that. Mm. Um, and I thought, I'm a terrible person. People think I'm a role model, I'm a fraud. But it's just getting, you know, with this, the phrase being comfortable in your own skin. Mm. But when people use things like that, they lose their actual meaning, don't they? It's like if yeah. you say word over and over again, it loses yeah. meaning. It's the same with phrases like that, but it takes time and work and effort yeah. to really be comfortable in your own skin. Mm. Um, and I think I'm at a point now where I go, I don't care. Yeah. And I also realise I'm very privileged that I'm yeah. a six foot four, you know, 18 stone man oh, yeah. who is, you know, if, if I don't care, if I wanted to sashay around or do whatever or hold your hand yeah. or what, you know, am I at risk of being attacked? Certainly not as much as, yeah. you know, potentially other people. Mm. Um, and I'm very aware mm. of that. And, and, and it's a privilege that I'm afforded. Um, but I am also comfortable in my own skin, and mm. I would like to think that'd be the same if I was a bit, if I was, you know, smaller and not as physically imposing. I, I don't know if I will never know. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's definitely a thing for me because I know I've had some abuse. One of the only times was when I was on a second date with someone, and we literally just—it was in the middle of the day on South Bank. You know the uh, frozen yogurt company. Uh, I think they're called Snog. Okay. The frozen yogurt company. And we were just having frozen yogurt sat at a but table. not having a snog. We weren't having a snog. <laughs> I just having frozen yogurt. And then these people, well, kids, probably like 15, 16 year olds were coming up to us and, and being like, oh, are you gay? Are you gay? And they just wouldn't leave it alone and then would run away and tell. And then the more friends would come over. And it was like, I just hated that completely. Yeah. Whereas now, 
And with exes as well, I've been like not really wanting to hold their hands in public. Whereas with you, I will because I go, well, no one's going to mess with him. (laughs) So that is a a privilege, I suppose. And it's a privilege that now I'm a beneficiary of with like someone like you. But like you were saying, that's just because of your size. You're not an aggressive person. You're not a... Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, banded around. Like people, I think as well, people... But you, can, but you can understand why people who experience that yeah. go, well, I wouldn't have to experience this. No one's ever been bullied for being straight. No. Straight people have been bullied. Yeah. But, but no one's ever been bullied being for being straight. Yeah. Um, not that I'm aware of. No. Um, well, when I've said that before online, you get some people go, actually, I was bullied in school by gay people because I wasn't gay. I was like, that just didn't happen. Yeah, that, that just didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> um, so you can understand why you go, do you know what? There would be less hassle. I wouldn't have to come out over yeah. and over. I wouldn't have to worry about if I can hold my partner's hand. Yeah. I wouldn't have to worry about places that I can go in mm. the world. Um, so there are lots of reasons why people might think that for yeah. an ease of life. Mm-hmm. But now where I'm at, and, I, and I, I, again, I realize I'm saying this from a privileged position, but I really like my life. And don't get me wrong, I've had to work hard to you know, play professional sport, build a successful business, kids mm-hmm. are not easy. Um, but I like being part of a of society that has an extra element to it, an extra Mm -hmm. layer. And don't get me wrong, some of that is trauma. Mm. Um, But I I, I saw this somewhere once years ago and it said childhood trauma builds character. (laughs) Um, And there is a a depth, there is a, and sometimes it affects people, obviously it affects people negatively and people have, I do think that, so I think everybody should do therapy, but I certainly think all gay people should do therapy. Mm. But I really, I, I, I think I don't think I'm a better person for being gay, but I think I'm a, I'm a better person for having things that I've overcome because I do think growth is on the other side of challenge. Yeah. Well, I think that there's also a wider range of people that are in our lives. On like I know with I, I suppose this isn't true for all straight people, but I know that some of my straight friends only have straight friends mm. and white straight friends. Yeah. Whereas I feel like we come into contact with so many different people from so many different backgrounds. But that isn't just, as I'm saying it, I'm like, that's not fair to say that because plenty of straight people yeah, do have. Absolutely. But you are kind of thrust into an element. Well, I don't suppose you have to embrace it, but you know, if you go to, I'm not saying that everybody should or has to go to pride, but if you go to pride, you'll see all mm. walks of life. Yeah. Um, some that you might agree with and some that you might not, but um, there is an element of you are a minority, you are mm. part of diversity, if you will. Mm. You are a, a tick box. Yeah. Or, and and there are negatives that come with that, and there are also yeah. positives. It's it's up to us to to see those and embrace those, and that's easier for some people than than it is for others. But what about some people? What's in my mind is that I know that we've spoken a bit about loneliness and how lots of gay men feel very lonely. So we're talking about, oh, maybe would I or wouldn't I take the straight pill because of the hardships and the potential attacks or abuse that you get. But what about loneliness? 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because I know that some people watching this podcast, because you email us and leave us comments, say that the worst part about being gay for me is just that I don't have any friends. The gay community can be very insular and very... They reject people and they, they just want to stick with their own friends. Whereas if I was straight, maybe I would have more friends and I wouldn't be as lonely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gay loneliness is, is an epidemic, isn't it? We've spoken mm. about that before. But there are lonely straight people. Yeah. Um, would it be easier? Yeah, are there less barriers? Yeah, you know, are the lines of friend, f- friendship potentially mm. not as blurred? Yeah, I mean, it adds... Yeah. Um, I suppose it's a double-edged sword because it adds an element of making it really difficult to, or more difficult to make friends. But I think, and I don't have many gay friends, um, probably four, yeah. um, but they're really good friends. Mm-hmm. They're re- and I'm not, I don't know if that's, a, because we, we, there's something that we share. I don't know if that, which yeah. I suppose you would do if you were straight. I don't know, I'm thinking out loud here. But maybe it's a double-edged sword i think lots of it for us is a mental thing as well is going i can't make friends with straight people because they're going to reject me which i've been sort of i've I've thought like that in the past but actually lots of my friends are straight and if i'd continued with that viewpoint i wouldn't have the friendships with my straight friends that i have now yeah we can put it's easy uh, i think what you're saying correct me if i'm wrong is we can put barriers up yeah we can put like limiting beliefs in yeah. place about and almost like a victim mentality and this is to say some for some people that is completely valid and they've, they've got that that viewpoint in a completely valid way and for very valid reasons but i know for me i think i was just in this victim headspace where i was like everything is happening to me yeah. always me and going I'm, oh this is i'm, I'm gay so this is what my life is like and it's all doom and gloom. i have no agency kind yeah. of thing Whereas actually, as soon as I was like, actually, that's not true. And my life is under my control. But that comes from what society tells us, mm. you know, I know, and not, not necessarily our generation, but older generations go, you will have, you will be lonely. You will get HIV. Mm. You will die. You will not have any quality of life. And so if someone tells you something enough times, you believe it. Yeah. And if it, depending where we've grown up, how we've grown up, the, the family that we've grown up in, the friendship groups that we've had even before we came out, it's easy f- for us to just accept that. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, it's something I talk to a lot of people about is beliefs are not facts. Yeah. Uh, even though we believe something, yeah. doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Because um, that is exactly what a belief yeah. is. It's well, fake. I was always taught that by my parents growing up of like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. 
Is that who that is? That's Henry Ford, yeah. Well, thank you, Henry, for the for the quote. <laughs> but I remember, and that's always been at the back of my mind, and my parents have always said that. Like, it just depends on your mindset. If you think you can do it, you can. And if yeah. you think you can't do it, yeah, you, you can't. Yeah. Um, it, it is, it, and it is so easy to put limiting beliefs in, yeah. in place. It is so easy to say, I'm gay, I want our friends. Because if if you believe it, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Also, the other aspect is the constant coming out and you had this the other day didn't you at the gym yeah and it's something that straight people my straight friends who are like fierce allies of the gay community they don't even think of i remember telling someone about that and they were like oh i didn't really i didn't even think that that's like i thought once you came out you just you're out and then yeah, people well, know that's the thing you don't walk around with a pink flashing neon sign above your head saying gay lord yeah no. so you know um and it's you well know, tell the story of you at yeah the gym just then. at the gym someone who was chit-chatting to me and said you know um how's how's they were they were being polite and they were just mm. like how's your girlfriend i was like i don't have a girlfriend i have a boyfriend um which was absolutely fine and i had no qualms saying that it didn't no. but i think if they'd have asked me that five years ago yeah i would have gone uh, uh, uh. yeah and then sometimes you go oh, it's just easier not to say anything or i'm gonna make them feel awkward yeah but i i, I just kind of said oh no i've got a boyfriend yeah. and then went into conversation so i wasn't ma it wasn't like actually i've got a boyfriend yeah um well yeah part of it is you don't want to make anyone because i have that in the past at barbers where Joe they've gone synonymous with the barbers. i but isn't it funny since oh since talking about it on the podcast so many it seems gay men have this thing of being at the barbers, which seems to be like a very common thing. So now I don't feel as embarrassed by it because Keegan was always like, oh, it's in your head. You're at the barbers. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I was wrong. But you're wrong. Most people, most people, gay people have had an element of that because of the generic chit chat. And especially if, if like, again, it's all in my head because I go, oh, I'm assuming my barber's straight and that they're not going to like gay people. So when they go, oh, so have you got a girlfriend or what? Uh, instead of saying, no, I'm gay, I'd go, oh, no. And they're like, so what sort of girls do you like? And then I'm like, um, brown hair. Um, <laughs> instead of just saying, like because I don't want to cause a scene and I don't want to, like, rock the boat in any way. Like on 40-year-old Virgin where it says boobs are like bags of sand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. Um, but I also think if you do that and you go, oh, they're not going to like how I. Mm. And I understand that there's a, there's an element of self preservation in there, but you're doing somebody a disservice. Yeah. By not giving them the opportunity to. Yeah. It's like when people don't come out and say, oh, they will, they will, they'll reject me. Yeah. Like you're doing them a disservice by mm. not giving them the opportunity. Well, I've had multiple times in my life where I've been talking to someone. There's a couple of women as well. There's one that was working at a gym and there was one who used to work for my voiceover agent and they're very pretty girls. And I was like, oh, I can't tell them that I'm gay. Not because I want them to fancy me or I fancy them, just because there was something about them being young and pretty. And when they were asking me about like dating and stuff, I felt this weird thing of like, I don't want them like maybe they're only talking to me and we're having fun in this conversation. They're only talking well, like to me because the they think change. I'm straight. Yeah, and when they think, no, I'm gay, they might like end the conversation and I'm having a nice time talking to them. Okay. Stupid brain pattern. But both those occasions went away. Turns out, both lesbians. The woman in the gym was a lesbian. The, w the woman who worked for my agent was a lesbian as Gida. well. And I was like, 
what a waste of energy that was worrying to think that, yeah. to think that in the moment worrying what they would think if they found out I was gay because they were gay yeah so like and that's probably why we got along so well <laughs> yeah so it, multiple times it's backfired where I've gone I've massively overthought this and I've wasted all this brain power yeah on worrying when actually I was with someone who is part of the same community that I am yeah and that we do put these barriers in place and a lot of them are you know, a lot of them are justified. A lot of them are not. Something that is just, well, maybe not actually, as I say out loud. People think about kids. Mm. Oh, well, I, you know, if I could pick, then I'd be straight because I'd be able to have kids and I'd be able to. But then it's like, you can, is that because you want kids or is it because society tells you that you should have kids and yeah. conform into And also being gay doesn't mean you can't have kids. Obviously it does in the traditional sense. But yeah, we get emails. Traditional. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Is it, you mean the biological sense of a man and a woman? Yeah, well that is the traditional way to have kids, isn't it? Yeah, but it, I don't know Didn't... if that's like dismissive of uh, people adopting. No, I know, but even that is still traditional. I'm not saying that that is the right way, obviously. Okay. But yeah, I'm yeah. saying that that is what society deems as normal because people have that with adoption even where people who've adopted kids, and I know people in my life who have, that go, people are sort of dismissive of, of me and the bond I have with my children or adoptive children because it's not the traditional yeah, way that people right, do yeah. it. So that's the only... Well, my, my biological dad is a waste of skin and I've never exactly. met him. So just because you... Biolog well, that's why tradition is stupid. Yeah, just because you're biologically related to someone doesn't make, like, this is the whole bloody, blood is thicker than water thing. is just a lot of crap. Yeah. Um, but the fact, the point I was making was that lots of people, when they come out, the first thing out of their parents' mouths is, what about grandchildren? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. never have grandchildren. Well, they've, there's that. There's a story out now where they've said that they, they might be able to do that in the future, where yeah. they can take essentially DNA from both parties and put it together and yeah. create a child that is of both DNAs mm. akin to having a child, which is like some year 3000. Yeah, not it won't be in our stuff. lifetime, I'm sure. Uh, but... I mean, that's something out of science fiction. That should be a relief for you that that won't be in our lifetime because if it was, I'd be, I'd be saying, yeah, let's have a kid. No, we, well, I'd be saying, no, we won't. <laughs> Not when I've got a 15-year-old and an 11 I couldn't think of anything worse. I know, than imagine a 15-year-old, 11-year-old and a newborn. Oh, my God, doing nappies again. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse than doing nappies again. Um, so, uh, yeah, covering all that, does, do we think, does that internalised homophobia ever go away? Firstly, I think the answer for me is, I don't know. But I would hazard a guess to say, I don't think it ever fully goes away. I think it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it might just be... It becomes less impactful. Yeah. People might disagree with me on, with me on that and say, I'm not at all internalised. Yeah, I haven't internalised any homophobia whatsoever. Yeah. But for me, I, I can imagine that it just shrinks. And it might shrink to near nothing one day. Yeah. But it's still there a little bit because of the society that we live in. Yeah. Yeah, I, w I would agree. I think, you know, I, now I would, it's it might flick across my f consciousness, but mm. it doesn't re it doesn't affect my no. decision making. I'm certainly not aware of it if it does. No. Um, so I suppose the question is, Joel, if you mm. could take the straight pill now, now would you take it? No, because then it means I, I wouldn't be with you. Oh, that's, <laughs> whoa, that's sweet. No, um, I wouldn't, yeah, because I like my life and there's like this podcast wouldn't exist and the community of people that we've built and that we chat to and that we, we love, like, yeah. and our life together wouldn't exist. So no, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Um, and I think 
yes, for me, because I have a really nice life and I really like my life, but also because I think my kids have a really nice, varied life. Like their life with their mum is very different to the life that they have with us. And I think mm-hmm. they get a nice range of different people that they meet and diff- and they just, and I'm not saying that if you've got kids, one of you should come out uh, <laughs> to have well-rounded kids. That's not, but I, I think, no. you know, what a lot of people think, oh, well, how did it impact your kids? My kids love me. They love our mm-hmm. lives. They love us. You know, we're going to see Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, the musical at the weekend, aren't we together? And if that's not love, what and is? And if that's not love, what <laughs> is? If you can't, yeah, exactly. Uh, not really relevant, but no, I wouldn't. I no. wouldn't. And even though I've gone through a lot of difficulties, mm-hmm. coming to terms with it, coming out, there's been a lot of stuff that has made me go, yeah. I wish, at, at the time I thought, no. Mm-hmm. But now, I'm really gl- glad I went through that because I feel like I have a really nice life. Yeah, um, good. So I would say if you are struggling, then, you know, there's light, there's light at the end of the tunnel and there's, yeah. there's hope. Yeah. Um, good place to end. If we're ending then, we need a no FOMO homo. Yeah. So recommendations. Yeah. I have one, Go the on. hotel that we just stayed in, <laughs> which I thought was really nice, very niche, because if you, you know, if you don't come to London, then you can't stay right. there. Joel said it was, he thinks it was the nicest hotel room he's ever been no, in. No, I think one of the nicest. Okay. Well, it wasn't the nicest, but it was so lovely, wasn't do, it? Do you want to it tell was 100 about... Shoreditch, and it was a lovely, it was an eight minute walk from the studio. It was lovely. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I was just I wasn't expecting it to be that nice. I had a little sitting area and a bay window overlooking East London. Gorgeous, a massive e- bed. Go- gorgeous <laughs> East London. Um, I stayed in there when it was the Ace Hotel. Okay. Ago, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked it. There so there's Not, a hotel recommend. We've never done a hotel recommendation before. No, well so. done. We're breaking boundaries on this podcast. <laughs> um, I love that the two most recent guests we've had have recommend. One's recommended a like an independent. Uh, queer bookshop and voting and the other one's done a breast cancer charity and we've recommended toilet hotel. roll and a hotel <laughs> <laughs> maybe next next week we'll we'll recommend something you know no i'm keeping it real okay let, let other people be like for freedom fighters. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a rating if you're listening to it or if you're on youtube give it a like subscribe if you want to become a member then you just click the um membership joining button yeah you know you know what you're doing with youtube and <laughs> um, you can follow us on on all socials at happy healthy homo leave us comments drop us messages and if you do want to get in touch you can email us hello at happy healthy homo.com yeah and if you do want to be on our helpful homo series just put help in the subject line and please let us know if you want us to include your name or not yeah uh, but thank you for listening we really appreciate it yeah and, and we'll, we'll see you next week bye, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.